<laughs> I don't know if I'm in sync with anything these days. <laughs> oh, it'd be quite a feat. Yeah. It's supposed to be ni- 91 and uh, human today in New York, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I don't envy you. This is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Thursday, July 2nd, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a podcast with two producers on opposite coasts. Christian's in New York. I'm in Los Angeles. And we are learning what it means to be a good producer while we come out of a global shutdown of our industry and try to figure out how to get the film industry back to work safely while navigating the still existing coronavirus. We find ourselves being asked to take on greater responsibilities from a variety of guidelines created by multiple sources. (laughs) Now more than ever, it's important for us to keep sharing our experiences, our ideas, and, you know, our hopes for the future. And we want to hear from you, so email us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Let us know if you're working. Let us know if you've done a shoot in these crazy restrictions and how you managed set safety. And please share this show with your friends, colleagues, family, neighbors. We want the stories to be heard. Definitely go and like us because we need to be liked. (laughs) Everybody needs to be liked. Christian, today we're chatting with First AD and producer Jason Manns, who recently shot a job down in Florida. I know you just said spoke with or chatted with. I mean, I think we interrogated him, basically. We interrogated. It is true. It is true. In a and good he, way. Lots of good information. So stick around. Check it out. But, you know, now that we're a weekly podcast, Christian, we've got a few things to talk about because... A lot. Man, these weeks. You remember that? Do you remember? You know, it's been a little bit. So just go back, folks. Just remember the time when we used to use a term called room tone? <laughs> We'd have to start over again if people, you know, few people Somebody d- made noise. Made noise. <laughs> You'd need 30 seconds of clean room tone. We don't do this anymore, really. But uh, I know. it's fun when you get a sound mixer who still wants that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you mess up, you start over. Yeah, if you mess up, you start over. We've spoken about Florida. We've spoken about Texas. We've spoken about other areas of the country that are open right now in filming and how they're all having to dial it back a bit. And from what I heard out in L.A., I know you guys are starting to film out there that there are no plans of dialing that back, even though your numbers are starting to creep on up. Yeah, they're dialing back in restaurant dining. They're dialing <laughs> yeah. back bars. The important but stuff. There's the important stuff. <laughs> that didn't need to be no, open, but go on. <laughs> yeah, there's no discussion about dialing back any sort of film production. Yeah. I mean, I just want our people out there to be safe. I do too. And I think there is there is a safe way to, I don't know, I'm so perplexed by all these numbers because, you know, the death rates are going down, which is great. Yes. Hospitalizations are creeping back up. Yes, That's they the are. scary part. Mm-hmm. But the studies have come back saying that the protests hadn't really transmitted, hadn't been really the source of many. I don't know how they test Mm -mm. this, but I Mm -hmm. saw a report that said that it's more people having parties inside their homes, gatherings inside their homes. Chicken pox parties. But, you know, maybe the outdoor activities are okay. So maybe film shoots outside Mm -hmm. is a safe way to do them. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see construction crews still operating. Right. And yes. we haven't heard much about construction people. And, getting sick. you know, I, I have to say that, you know, the majority of construction crews do have N95 masks. 
And I do feel like... Not the ones by my house. (laughs) (laughs) They're Bandana City over there. Oh, my. (laughs) Single single ply. (laughs) Let me take that back and say (laughs) what I did notice was the protests. The majority of everybody had masks. Yes. Seeing Dr. Fauci testify the other day, it's about the amount of time, eight minutes is the amount of time that means you're in close contact with somebody. So between being outdoors and not hanging around the same people, strangers, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, and all of that seems to all make sense with why the yep. protests were not a huge source of what is going on right now. But I've been steadfastly looking at the numbers. I finally found on my city's website where the daily report comes in mm. and it's how it's all laid out. Mm-hmm. And it's very informative and it helps me cut through all the media talk and really look at what's happening. And, and we're definitely going up less fearful as the death rates decline. Death rates decline. It looks like what's people getting sick now are between that sweet spot of 20 and, you know, 45. Yeah. Yeah. And they weather it better. Which yes. is why the death rates, but they doesn't mean that they're out of the woods or not. Doesn't mean they're out of the woods, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. elective surgeries and Texas and Florida, you know, like has now been dialed back in order to free up those hospital beds. The city of Los Angeles created a new page on the website mm-hmm. that is the COVID nineteen threat level for our county or city. Oh, I'm looking very nine eleven reminiscent. It's very nine eleven, right? That is mm-hmm. what I wanted to talk about. It's so reminiscent. But currently we're at threat level orange, which is red's the highest, orange is the second highest, yeah. yellow and then green. <laughs> and the indicator orange, we're at extremely <laughs> high risk of infection, <laughs> and residents should take precaution, assume you and everyone around you is yeah. infectious, and you should stay Just home. Stay home. So right now, near my house, I could go down to the local school and get a test for free. Anybody can. It sounds like you guys are running out of tests out there. I can't get one, yeah. Mm-hmm. After seeing the protest, a lot of people thought that, well, if nobody's getting sick here or if they can be out there, then I can too. And it's right. just not true, folks. So, yeah. Well, I know that you have received this. I know that I've received it from a thousand people. But dear Hollywood... <laughs> we don't want to go back to normal. Normal wasn't working, says Zach Arnold. Yes. <laughs> yes. And he, he's a podcaster himself. He has something yeah. called Optimize Yourself. He's definitely selling some sort of training program. Of course. Which is fine. Hey, we all have to make money in this time. We all right? have to make money in this time, yes. But yeah, in this article, he talks about the ridiculously long hours, the chronic sleep deprivation, the complete and utter lack of work-life balance. Families, marriages, divorces that are, you know, everything's destroyed because it's like this perpetual machine. We've said this before. It's a very self-absorbing career that we have. And yeah, I definitely was feeling the effects last year and was very happy to have the great pause. Yes. Well, he points it all out, that stuff that we know. And I think that's why it spread like wildfire through our community because it was it resonated so hard with everybody yeah yeah absolutely i know if you haven't seen it yet it's on his website optimizeyourself.me and the name of the article is dear hollywood normal wasn't working or that's at least the uh, url (laughs) exactly (laughs) so i actually do want to talk about this facebook ad problem that has turned into a full-blown crisis (laughs) according to vice (laughs) well you know (laughs) vice is very good at grabbing your attention through their headlines 
Yeah. So it began badly on Friday when Unilever, one of the world's biggest advertisers, announced it was joining Stop Hate for Profit campaign, which already has been backed by Verizon, Patagonia, and Ben & Jerry's. Now, side note, I did a Ben & Jerry's commercial in December, and I have to tell you, they mean every, every, everything that they say. The way that they spoke in Video Village was so pro-equality. They feel it down to their bones. You know, like the 60s. It just reminds me of like yeah. hippies from the 60s era. <laughs> and they're just out there doing good. So I understand them. Now you don't leave attacking themselves on. I get it. So let's see if they follow up with action. We'll see. No judgment. Yes. No judgment. <laughs> Sounded like a co- lot of judgment there, didn't it? <laughs> like it, We need to hold Unilever to the fire is what I'm saying. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then I think also what Verizon, Patagonia, yeah. Coca-Cola, Diego, who owns all the alcohol brands, mm-hmm. has been you know supporting us through, <laughs> through these last few months. Exactly. There's a point for this story. <laughs> Rob, so don't take it out, our editor. I saw an ad by Stephen Colbert on Facebook Mm -hmm. this week, Mm -hmm. and I thought, hmm, interesting. He's well aware of all the problems in the world. Why is he paying for ads on Facebook? Right. So I tweeted at him several times and Mm -hmm. asked him to join the Stop Hate for Profit campaign, which, you know, I have to say, I'm new to Twitter. I've had an account for years. mm -hmm. I've never used it. I don't even look at it. It's really weird. but I've been tweeting. Yes. And honestly, I have a scheduling software, so I schedule these tweets. I don't really look nice. at Twitter. I load it up and it goes, but I've been tweeting like a madman at my mayor, Eric Garcetti, and my council member, David Ryu. And David Ryu has been fairly good. However, the responses I've been getting from his office are saying that he does not support the mayor's budget. So I don't know if you know about L.A. There's this fight between the mayor's budget and the people's budget. And the mayor's budget has $1.8 billion going to the LAPD. Yes. It's over 50% of, mm-hmm. it's like 54% of the, the entire city budget. We're asking him to, to fund it and right. put that money towards education and other community services. Mm-hmm. And the people's budget does that. My council member, David Rayu, says he does not support the mayor's budget. He wants to look at ways to reinvent public safety and blah, 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 blah. Got into this conversation with one of his office members and deep in the email it's like there is a revised budget on the table which we all know about Mm -hmm. he's taken 150 million out of the cops that's 4.67 percent out of the 1.8 billion dollar budget it's a drop in the bucket and they're claiming we're defunding the police right i mean maybe they're not saying that exactly but they're saying we're taking money away we're divesting this 150 million dollars and putting into social services or non-armed safety officers but it does in this deep in this email is like he does support the revised budget. After all this campaigning, he's denouncing the mayor's budget. I don't support the mayor's budget. I don't, you know. But, but he does support the revised <laughs> mayor's budget. Because that was enough. 4% was enough for him. So that lit me on fire. And so I've been tweeting and texting and emailing. And they offered me a phone call with him. Oh, I love it. Do they it. offered me a phone call oh. with my city council member of District oh. 4 in Los Angeles. Oh. But so I just wanted to say these campaigns and this kind of tweeting and making noise and emailing, it works. It does. It does work. Mm-hmm. It does work. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Facebook will listen to Unilever and this long list of other brands that are right. withdrawing their ads this month and make a change. 
Yes, and I would like to put a pro tip out there for all those folks who, because I'm not following a ton of people, it looks like I just got on to start trolling, quote unquote. <laughs> so it's good to build up all of your media it footprint, is, yeah. your, your yeah. footprint before you start so you it's don't get all those true. annoying, like, who the hell are you and why do you only have seven <laughs> all friends? <laughs> exactly. So just well, a I little just pro looked, tip out there. I just looked and I am following you, Christian. So. Oh, see, you're one of my seven. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to squeeze in before we have to go. Netflix is moving $100 million into Black-owned banks, which I blew my that's mind. That's amazing. Because that's a good chunk of money. When you yeah. think about it, and Black-owned banks are where it starts in the communities. Mm-hmm. Because for a very long time, white banks do not, you know, of course, if you are below a certain income level, you're never going to get a loan. But it's triple that if you are a BIPOC. So yes. it just, you know, this... My heart just, you know, I mean, surprisingly enough, a large corporation like that can actually make a difference if they're putting their money where it counts and where it does count is black banks. And what a simple thing to do. Simple. I mean, you it's just, an investment, for God's sakes. They're going to yeah, see a return on it. Holy shit. Exactly. Wait, I mean, the return isn't just monetarily. It's like socially and it just strengthens communities. The return is just huge. I want to look for a black-owned bank in my mm. neighborhood because I'm at Chase and... Pff, oh, fuck, actionable item, folks. Fuck Chase. Fuck yes. Chase. <laughs> actionable fuck item. Fuck Bank. <laughs> Let's yes. say that. All right. Let's say that. All right. Making a little sticky note right here. Yeah, I'm putting it on my to-do list for today. Look awesome. Let's share with each other, too. Because a lot of black-owned banks are community or regional. So mm-hmm. let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can do. All right, we need to get along to our interview, but oh, first, yes. <laughs> but first, a couple things. Our website has a page called Do the Work, and on that page is a lot of great anti-racism resources. It's the topic of the day, but we want to make sure that this is a topic that does not fade away. Yes. And it's something that we continue to look at because our industry is plagued by white supremacy. Yes. You look around your 100%. film set, and I know, Christian, you in New York maybe have more diversity than we do here in L.A., but you look around a film set, it's a bunch of white dudes, and maybe you have some women. And occasionally, little, sure. Occasionally, and very little <laughs> and very little BIPOC. Yeah. So there's some sources for you there to learn, support, and take action. And, Christian, I want to feature, I know last week we featured a petition for Elijah McLean. Mm-hmm. Today, I want to feature Andres Guardado, who was a security guard. I think he's like 18 years old, Yeah, who was shot dead by the L.A. County Sheriff's deputy earlier this month. He's nuts now. With his hands up over his head, kneeling, he ran away. If you had the entire history of your people, any time that they interacted with the police, had a very large chance of dying, you would run as well. And so the reaction to that could get you killed as well. What are you supposed to do? Mm -hmm, Exactly. It's a heartbreaking story. And there are two petitions on change.org. I'm going to put the link to both of them. Or you can just search on change.org for Andres Guardado. Sign him. It takes 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. And it's a little piece of action you can do. So wanted to highlight that one today. Yes. May I also highlight too that Brianna Taylor is no longer trending. Her hashtag is no longer trending on any social media. So it'd be great if you guys could get back out there and support that cause as well. 
Jason Manns fell into the industry by accident in 1998. He came up through the ranks of production on both coasts. In his early years, he was a production manager, but he always shared an affinity for the duties of the assistant directors and the mechanics of running the set. So he joined the DGA in 2004. Today, as a producer and first assistant director, he approaches each project from a different perspective with his knowledge gained by holding both positions. While he may be based in New York, most of Jason's career has been spent on commercial projects in Los Angeles, around the U.S. and abroad. Let's take a listen. Hi, Jason. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'd love to ask how your family's doing, how you're doing before we get started. How's everyone feeling? I've been very fortunate. You know, my family is is great. My youngest brother, who lives in assisted living, he had mm-hmm. COVID. It went, you know, mm. like wildfire really? through his house. But fortunately, he was okay, you know? I mean, listen, living in New York, I'm sure you may agree, maybe mm-hmm. you, you as well out, out West Lawrence, like I can count, I'm past, I'm past both hands of, of people, friends who have I know. family, mm-hmm. not who have had it, but who haven't made it, you know, and that's, that's yeah. kind of crazy. That's staggering, you know? Well, I think um, because you're from Staten Island and how deep rooted you are in the New York community. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have relatives who have passed, but it was, they're from the South. So oh my gosh, I'm in sorry. New York, I know, I know tons of people who have had it and have made it. So I'm sorry about that. And same, and same for you. Mm-hmm. Lawrence, I hope you, I hope you and yours are, are all safe and you haven't had to deal with any crazy loss. <laughs> No, uh, a couple friends have had parents mm-hmm. pass yeah. away because of it. So it's, there, there is that. Syndrome. Nothing, n- nothing immediate to me. I had a couple friends who had it, but uh, have survived. Yeah, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Jason, tell us what uh, you know. We've been through a lot, I guess, these past three months. What was uh, happening to you right at the beginning? Were you on shoots? Were you on jobs? What was happening when things started shutting down? I mean, when this all started, it's funny. When we had initially started, I was with my wife and kids on a cruise, on a Disney cruise. My, <laughs> my, how about that? Probably the worst place in no, the world. No, exactly. I said, but, 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 Brand, but my wife does social media, so she had this yeah. opportunity. So we had, we're down there in the kids, and that's when the first story broke <laughs> yeah. about, you know, the, there was a cruise ship, and I believe it was Italy at the time, that was held up, and they were stuck on the boat for however long. And yeah. we were like, can you imagine getting stuck, the five of us, in this cabin? And um, fortunately, you know, I come back to, you know, after that, came back to work, honestly, produced a job, in New York and a nice one, a three day shoot, which is like, I haven't done a three day shoot in New York because so much of my work is is elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I had an AD job and then a bunch of jobs on hold, which started to push because the director didn't want to travel. The agency was Mm -hmm. concerned and the celeb and that kept pushing and pushing. Mm -hmm. Well, exactly. (laughs) And for me, I actually, that started pretty early. Like it started in February. And so it was like, for me, it was a long time. Without and at a certain point, there was another job that I had that was a go, but then it got canceled in, in late March. So, and, and it's along with the other two jobs. So it's just you know we've all had some sort of a downtime. Whether it's I want to take four weeks to go and travel Europe, right. or mm-hmm. it's just slow because no one wants to come to New York in February and shoot. You know, any three of us on this call right now to then say, oh, you haven't worked for, for three months is you would never. Insane. Never. You're lucky if you can, if you can each, if we could pull, pull it together in, in a 12 month period and have three months. So. So I was in L.A. and I came back on March 17th, which landing like flying on St. Patrick's Day 
before COVID is something I would never have done. <laughs> but I had to rush home to, I was in LA for two months prior. So I got home on March 17th. And within two days, we started up doing a daily podcast about this. And so when mid-April, I think, Lawrence, about, we started talking about how are we going to get back to work and what... Mm-hmm. And then we were interviewing people every single day about it. So I feel like we've been pretty rehearsed and in theory know what guidelines what need, need to go to in happen. place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we've read all the white sheets and, you know, DGAs put out stuff, SAGs put out stuff, IOTSE. <laughs> Each company has their own individual things. States are now doing it, like Florida. State of Florida has something. And so what I'm now wanting to do is find out really where the rubber meets the road and how these guidelines are starting to get implemented. Yep. So you were just in a hot zone, Miami, correct? Yeah. And I On mean, a listen, job. yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. listen, going into yeah. it alone before you get going, you start, your head just starts to spin because it's like, what is it going to be like to be back on set with this? You know, there's concern for obviously you want everyone to be safe. Your name is attached to it. And then it just goes as, you know, it goes as granular as like, holy, what's it going to be like to be back on an airplane after all this time? Yeah. So, <laughs> right, which, which is something that we're used to doing, you know, multiple times a month. So mm-hmm. to not have been on, on a plane since January, I mean, listen, let alone a, a New York City train or taxi cab since oh, no. early March. I mean, I, I, and, and mm-hmm. the first cab I went in was when I flew down to Miami on, on I think it was June 14th. And that's all, mm-hmm. again, you know, as a New Yorker, you know, that, that, that just doesn't happen. No. So, you know, going into it, you're like, well, what are you going to do? And you start to, you start to spin, like, how is it going to all play out? You know, you read the white papers and you start to formulate mm-hmm. your own opinion. I was fortunate because in Florida, they've been open for a while. And so listen, in this business, you're only as good as the people around you. Mm-hmm. So I felt fortunate to have people that have been through it already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let them know I was fortunate to have that. And, you know, but with that, we just sort of put that knowledge together and, and things that you want to implement yourself in it. And a lot of it is smart and common sense. But the biggest thing that I learned mm-hmm. from my job, and I think, Lawrence, you, you were on that, uh, that DGA Zoom the other day, and, and another, another mm-hmm. one of the ADs on there mentioned it, location. Yeah. Right now, we all know it's like, how are we going to jam 30, 40 people into a kitchen to have two people talk about mayonnaise, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like- Our <laughs> cereal. Yeah. Exactly. Like, how is yeah. that going to happen? And because mm-hmm. honestly, in commercials, we do that often, you know? We're very happy to go and do those mayo and cereal jobs because, you know, they, yeah. they put bread on the table. But we didn't have that. We had mm-hmm. an exterior, you know, at, mm-hmm. the, at the back of a moving truck. We had an interior. We had to build out a, a retail space. So we went into a car dealership and it was massive and we just made it smaller. And one good thing about being down there in that particular space, you go into this space at 50% capacity. Yes. So we were yes. allowed 78. New Jersey is saying that right now. So. Right, right. And, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So with that, you know, we were at 78, cut it in half, 36. So I was like, let's round down. Let's go closer to 30. And yeah. just, just to be a little bit safe, put people on the doors and, and be smart about it. You know, when talent is on set, 10 people max around them and space them out. And, and that's, that's what's tricky. The first ED is the safety officer on set, of course. But did you have a separate safety officer? Because I know that that position has been spoken about. There was someone uh, who was who was responsible right. for being a COVID manager. Mm-hmm. And then rather than having one medic, we had a second medic yeah. just because you want temperature checks. And again, it's purely a precaution. Fortunately, there was no reason 
for that meaning there was no there was no emergency no need at that point it's yeah. like if you're going to have extra people we're going to have to attribute it to, to the safety and right. well-being of everyone i mean wherever i could and i did this with every department i'm like we're not going to be key in three and four and five like let's cut and it's not listen at a certain point like yes we're producers we have to watch the line but it, that wasn't really about money that was about mm-hmm. just common sense because right. the one good thing about this job which i'm really excited about is that I mean, and SAG was on set to make sure that their members were, were protected. And I'll get into that more in a second, but it just helps us all as an industry, right? Like the job was successful. And you listen, you pray mm-hmm. that you find out like, you know, in a week or two weeks from now that nobody is going to come back and test positive. Fortunately, I just, in fact, I just received my call this morning from my test on Friday and that was negative. Oh, nice. Mm, good. So let's dive in a little bit. How many did you have in Grip Electric Camera? Like what does what, what your crew look like by department? The way we did it too was... I'm just trying to give some context before I get into numbers. We had one day with the exterior. Right there, we had, um, I want to go back and look. I think it was on set, like maybe a key and two. And then we had mm-hmm. other people that would go and, and they would do the pre-light for the other location. So, and that was that was the other thing. It's just like, you know, spread out the amount of time when we were in these locations. So, mm-hmm. you know, the location where we built out the retail space and it was a fairly straightforward build, but we went in there on Saturday. We prepped that location, cleaned it and buffed it and just sanitized it and then Started to build on Sunday, finished building on Monday, went in the afternoon to pre-light Monday afternoon. So this way, Tuesday morning, everyone, it's not the, you know, everyone tripping all over each other. This way we shot and we were already ready to go just to then minimize the the amount of time on set for the shoot day. And we're we're even open to the fact that we had to come back the next day and and, and wrap out. So now you're talking about a location that would have normally taken two days, you're in for like four or five. And yeah, exactly. again, fiscally, you're like, well, all right, maybe that's a little bit more. But in this environment, it's just you yeah. try to just be smart yeah. and responsible. So you had one day of kind of prepping, another day of build, like another dress, day yeah. of mm-hmm. pre-light, mm-hmm. one day shoot, yeah. one day wrap, yeah. something about the fact. Okay, exactly. makes sense. And, you know, it's it was nice to have, to have SAG there on set because they... And listen, there were plenty of calls with that. I don't know if you've heard that they're asking to have calls with the production. I mean, A, they want to hear from their members if they get called for a job. And then B, to know what are the, what are the protocols going to be? You know, one thing we did there is, you know, you had talent that needed to be really close to each other. So rather than just... Really? Yeah, do they know each other? That was exactly it. So don't just, just cast people that you hope will be okay and hope mm-hmm. that they'll be, they'll be, they won't be sick or they won't test positive, but go with people that are quarantined together. Go with a couple yeah. or maybe, listen, it doesn't have to be a couple. We have plenty of people that we right. know, friends of quarantine for two and three months. And mm-hmm. that's the same thing. That's applicable. So, I mean, there's definitely like groups of people who are quarantining together, like in certain buildings. If everybody has young children, we've been hearing stories. Basically, if you have young children, mm-hmm. people are quarantining together within a building yeah. or blocks of people or, you know, backyards. So it's been interesting. You can definitely find it. But two SAG people. <laughs> no, exactly. It's a little tough. <laughs> and you want to make yeah, you're gonna have to have to tap tartly them or something. Yeah. Well, fortunately, you know, fortunately, it, worked. <laughs> it, it was it was tough. And you know, and the other thing is like you know, with that, it's like cast a wider net. Like you know, cast in multiple cities if you have to. It's like yeah. it, again, these are all extra precautions, right? That cost money, but no, it all should cost money too because right. it's about people's safety, right? So, do you want to spend the money now, or do you want to spend the money later when it comes out that yeah, you know, and so people become litigious to find out? Well, you know, you, you didn't yeah. do this. Everyone was walking around cavalier, no masks. You jammed us in a yeah. space, and and that's the way we need to think now. It's really, I mean, listen, that's the way you should be thinking about safety 
all the time, yeah, especially all, as every, like yeah, of know, as producers and as AD. Like you know, you have to think that way because it's your job. Mm-hmm. So by the time you got on set, I just kind of want to get a picture of the crew again. So how many people were in grip camera electric, like actually there on the actual shoot day? On the day, there was your regular key and three, but then spaced out to have people come in and wrap mm-hmm. out, and you know, never having more than you know, say 10 people on that set at a time. Now, listen, we're human beings. So like, was there an opportunity where like, if of course. Uh, the art department or grip, whatever, like, and you could walk over in between and you're talking to someone and someone didn't maintain six foot. It's yeah, of course that happens. Yeah. That's human nature. But it's like, another thing is like, you just have to self police. So maybe like during the scout and during all this reminding the keys, like, Hey guys, you just remind your team that we just mm-hmm. have to do this. You know, is this someone going to step away and make a phone call and have their mask on their chin because they were on the phone and it's 95 degrees mm-hmm. and they walk back and they forget to put Smoking. the... Smoking. Yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Remember and remind you, hey, put your put your stuff on. It can't be up to the producer. On. It can't be up to the production manager and just the ADs. It's got to be everyone. Even as far as like, listen, the PAs, like, hey, listen, don't feel funny about going up to the DP and just reminding them because there's a lot in their mind. They may just forget. This is a new thing we have to retrain our brains. So... Right. Yeah. So did you have a safety meeting at the beginning of the day that kind of explained that and you empowered the PAs to help do that kind of policing? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Send, send out long emails beforehand just explaining like, you know, this is what's going on. Safety is going to be taken very seriously. Mm-hmm. And I took it to the next step with the talent because we travel talent from L.A. And I called them all personally just to be like, listen, yeah, I yeah, know that. Absolutely have to. Make, make it a little more personal and just like this mm-hmm. is the situation. Ran down everything. Do you have any questions? We're just kind of smart with like, but the talent in particular, one thing we, we did was rather than picking them up from the airport, the cabs and whatnot, we asked them to self-drive to the airport in their own vehicle, mm-hmm. pay the parking, which is more expensive maybe than a cab. And then when they get to location, you get a rental car and they drive themselves yeah. to and from set. And I think that's smart. go further to utilize that vehicle. And even the locals did this, but utilize that vehicle as holding, you know, with the permission to say, this wasn't back door. This was like, you know, we want to do this because we don't want to stick people in a box in a motorhome. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have an exterior area for them as well if they want to just get some air. But just that air-conditioned vehicle is, is on set. It wasn't a way to like, oh, I don't want to pay for a motorhome. It was more like, well, no, no, it's no. just another step. And listen, in right. reality, it's probably more expensive to have well, rental vehicles for everybody for like eight people that came to town. So it's, it, you know, when you, when you advertise over the week, you're probably paying more. So then I want to get in the nitty gritty of hair and makeup and craft service sure. and food. Did you have proper catering or was it drop off package food? Or? It, it was catering was, you know, you walk up, someone took your order, handed you like a sort of McDonald's to go box. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, if yeah. you wanted a, a fork and knife, it was cafeteria style fork and knife. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no juicer machine anymore. There's no tray of, of <laughs> but there's no tray of like croissants. No, pass and, no, yeah. no exactly. When it comes to the caterer. Mm-hmm. And then with crafty, it's like, here's a water bottle for everybody with your name on it. You want it, you take it yourself to craft service rather than asking the and PA to grab right. it for you. Crafty pushes the button on the cooler and just you know, drops your Gatorade or your water or whatever into Interesting. it. Interesting. How did that work for camera? Because they can't, like the first AC can never walk away and do that. Listen, at that point, they'll, they'll, they'll fill their bottle at the beginning of the day. And, and I mean, we just have, we happen to have two cameras. So if there was a world where someone had to sneak yeah. away, they could. And listen, there, there needs to be time. Like if someone, I want to go and step away to get yeah. water, especially if you're someplace hot, you have to take those breaks. Because this is, this is even pre-COVID, oh, it's Miami. Right? Exactly. In so, June. Yeah. 
It's like the that. worst place on earth in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hot and you I know I've filmed there with uh, John Winter a very long time ago. Um, and we film, I know. And it was just it was oppressive. Like I was like, yeah. I'm never coming back the to heat. Miami between May and September again. Yeah. Well, exactly. But I, I'm sure they'll be very busy now because they've done yeah. it and they, they did a good job with it because they, they, they know that they have to. And listen, I mean, they know I think a lot of eyes are on them. Mm-hmm. I think that Florida's rolling back their stuff, though. I think people are nervous to get down there because of the sheer amount of cases that are happening. I, I've heard of jobs canceling there I the was, last week. I had a friend down mm-hmm. there who's actually still down. I don't want to stop mentioning names in business, don't. but there was concern about that. And I, I wondered at one point, because we right. were down there while all the numbers were increasing, and you, know, you wonder, like, mm-hmm. are you going to have an issue? But I mean, listen, look at LA, right? Like there was the AICP briefing yesterday. It was curiosity, like what's going to happen with LA? And uh-huh. I think what, what came out of that was that there was no plans to shut down filming again, with the exception if the numbers start to get so crazy where hospital beds start to become a shortage. Yeah. So at that point, they're like, okay, we're open. And they're not going to really limit the number of folks on set. Now, each job is going to be listed case by case, explain it. And I'm sure there's going to be uh-huh. a backlog because people are just itching to be it advertised or start shooting and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Brands need to have their message out. Yes. <laughs> hey, well, anyway, we need we need to make some we need to make the donuts too, Capital- right? So yeah, capitalism needs to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. So so that was interesting because like you look at like a market like LA where like that's that's where this this industry is is built. And like, you know, they're saying like we're gonna do it and we're not necessarily gonna limit your numbers. But again, like you have to be smart about it. I, I had gotten a call to go to I think it was Atlanta or wherever. And it was a big execution, a lot of people, mm-hmm. stunts. And it's just like, I'm like, are we ready for, for that right now? You know, Mm-mm. I want to, but it's just like, I'm like, it, you get concerned. Like, is it irresponsible right now to do something like that? Well, I've certainly turned down um, work in this period, but now I have a company who's willing to listen to every single thing that I'm telling them to set up the job the way that we want. And it's a stage job you know, two days in New York, and we'll see what happens. I'm also considering, you know, 20 minute breaks for the entire crew every two hours just to give them mask relief, you know, and considering doing that every two hours and doing French hours, if everyone agrees to it. Yeah. That mm-hmm. way we're not all sitting down, you know, at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. I think that there's multiple ways to look at it. I think it just has to be you know, you're creative, how many people you have on sets, you know, whether you're yeah. a client attending or not. There's so many factors that mm-hmm. you have to, you know, worry about in there. Yeah. I want to know about your COVID supervisor. Who did you have? Who was that person? How did that function? Were they a medic? No, no, he wasn't a medic. He was a coordinated type. Anything, you know, temperature related and that sort of thing. I mean, the medics dealt with that. And it was just, you know, checking with crew and making sure, like, just basically asking questions like, have you been exposed? Have you mm-hmm. had a fever? Had you had the drive cough? Anything like that. And the temperature Did checks. Did you take and temperatures in the morning? Temperature checks. And then w- when you do a temperature check, you, you get a, uh, you know, whatever the color band was for the day, yellow, green, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And mm-hmm. anyone, everyone, doesn't matter whether you're the agency or whether yeah, you're the you, director, everyone, everyone. everyone. Mm-hmm. Sure. Was it an, a client attended shoot? We had two agency, which, listen, the idea of, of just having everyone remote itself is tough. I found it to be helpful to, to have that just because like, there sometimes has to be that sidebarring. I've done fully remote shoots as well, and it's kind of tough, and you have to jump back and forth between Zoom rooms and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. This particular one, it, it, it helped. It definitely helped. But that's, it, that's right. it. It's two more human beings on set, right? So now it's yeah. like we're adding to it. 
making them wear their masks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. PAs tell the client yeah, to yeah. mask up. Yeah. And, and it's stressful in Video Village, depending on what the setup is, because we had a 33-second delay. So now set is shooting. Oh, yeah. And then it's going and it's getting put through VTR and they're uploading it. went out to a Vimeo yeah. live page. And by yep. the time they were watching it, I'm calling rolling to them while we're already rolling just to make sure they're, they're keeping their eyes on it. Because listen, we, we've all been in video village for a long time with 15, 20 people. And it's hard enough to get them to look at the monitor in front of them while they're on set. Now, when you're off and you're homeschooling a kid or, 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 or the whole foods guy comes to the door to deliver the groceries or, you know, or someone's trying to watch, you know, walking the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's trying to watch if more, if more you are, you're, you're not the father type of thing in the background. It's like, you know, right. you have to wrangle that. And it's it's actually a lot more work because then you're getting chomped over on, on, you know, from the walkie, like, hey, are we ready to move on type of stuff? And I'm like, I don't know because they're still watching it. So yeah. So there's a right. bit of that. Yeah. So so there's I've, there's extra mm-hmm. time involved in just watching and getting feedback, right? Mm-hmm. So and if you have to then go and play back and listen, it's just if if someone wasn't paying attention, everyone for the most part was paying attention, but there is a bit of lag in in that. And and listen, you're trying to to keep the hours as packed in as possible because mm-hmm. you don't want people on set. So anything that takes more time, you're just like, can we just, can we just move on? Right. Yeah, I've been hearing someone's on that Zoom call said they had like a, a minute or a minute and a half delay with remote video footage, yeah. which was just like, oh my God, that's torture. Yeah. When you're trying to like beat the sunset or something and get a shot. So. Yeah. And we're talking about a minute to a minute and a half. To us, that's... That's torture, yeah. but in the end, it's only <laughs> ninety seconds. Oh, ex- exactly. I mean, think I know. about what we're talking about. It's a long time here. on the exercise equipment, but it's not. Yeah, you like, know, like <laughs> when we all first started in the business, can you ever imagine like that this would be possible to to, to have a remote oh, God, video? No, it's like sitting next to the the guy on the plane or the girl on the plane. It's like I can't believe the internet's not working. But I think it's an old Louis joke, no. right? Yeah. But it's like yeah. it's this is- it's kind of the same thing. Like it's like let's not. Let's really, exactly. let's acknowledge what we're talking let's about. Say, it's pretty, exactly. It's pretty I cool. mean, we used to not be able to film if you didn't have a little round plastic thing that went in the other side of the film camera to pick up the film on the other sure. side, right? That sure. little plastic <laughs> wheel would ruin the whole shoot day. Did you get the bag of cores? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, having a remote video village is quite spectacular. Yeah, exactly. Did you guys do any zoning? I've been hearing, you know, a lot of yeah. shoots have done mm-hmm. those different zones. As far as a specific ABC not necessarily that, but it was more to the point where you can go in now based on who's doing what work on set, especially when the talent was on set. Like that was the thing it was like, you'd have like, you know, X amount of principals, some extras, and you'd have an operator, the operator, the DP and, and sound. Again, we were, we were fortunate. And that's why I was like, this is like, you get a little spoiled when you have a, a location, a good location like this, you can keep your distance. And now with like remote focus, I mean, you can be, you know, down the block in the basement. Right? Yeah. It's like, you're, uh-huh. so, I mean, not quite, but you know what I mean? So, so we're fortunate with that and, and to be able to be spread out, you know, across a car dealership showroom to then have the director's monitor. I mean, at one point we were completely in the other room and we just get the voice of God with the microphone yeah. and just, just, yep. again, you're direct, it's almost like a remote, but you're in the building, but you're far enough away. And it's just, it makes sense, right? It needs to be done creatively, but also then you're, you're far away and it's like, it still gets done. Is it a little bit like you have to retrain your brain? You know, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. So you said the microphone voice of God. So you had a microphone and speaker set up for the yeah. director. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. No, not for all of the, it depends. It depends on the setup, but there were times when, when it, it made the most yeah. sense. Yeah. The director was on set. Yes. Okay. Yes. But far enough away. Yeah. R- right now, the directors of the two jobs that I have are waffling. They're not sure. 
Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting. They want to be on set or not. Yeah. I think uh, it's all going to come down to what the numbers look like that week. I'll have to be there. It's a proper set. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I've heard jobs like that as well. You have jobs that's partially remote. The director's not there. Maybe the producer yeah. is not there. Well, the whole agency and client won't be there. It'll just be production and hopefully director, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll have talent on set, which I think is important to have a director right. there. Well, and as far as with talent on set, another thing is obviously, you know, I know you asked about hair and makeup earlier. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's it started early, right? So I mentioned the, this, everything with the car, but then wardrobe mm-hmm. fittings. It was like you go to the fitting. No one was there. I wasn't there. Director wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Agency wasn't there. Everything was via photo. Just the wardrobe team, you know, masked up. You know, if you know th- th- we had face shields on hand. Oh, as so well. it was a live fitting. Well, f- with with the wardrobe team, and then yeah. but, but one talent at a time, with the exception of the couple that we cast together, and they came together. Mm-hmm. Apart from that was, and you know, we've all done these wardrobe fittings where we've got this one's here. We're working on two, three people at a time. Someone is sitting. Yeah. They fall behind. No, that's a 10-hour fitting with eight yeah. people. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. Yeah. And just, you know, with that, okay, get the approvals. And went as far as to, like, bag it up and pre-steam it and send it home with the talent, which is kind of crazy. We normally don't even, at a wardrobe fitting, let them take their own shoes home if they end up becoming part of the wardrobe. Exactly. But here, listen, it's a huge risk. But, like, whatever you could do to, like, try to mitigate any contact. I forget where it came from. It was a good suggestion. And I, and I think that that was good. They each took home their wardrobe. But the wardrobe had to be decided on at that moment, which yeah. was brilliant. Right, right. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you that know, was the only thing that ooh, came of it. sorry. <laughs> I don't know if they would wear it, uh, an orange shirt. I just, it makes exactly. me think of something. I was like, huh, what? What did you just say? So, yeah. you know, we've all been there. But, I mean, yeah. the makeup as well, right? They would do their own makeup. And, and the only reason, that, not the only mm. reason, but makeup was on set to make sure that they didn't go a little too Saturday night with the lips or the <laughs> eyes or whatever, you know? And, and, you know, obviously for sweat and whatnot. But again, the other thing is then now, okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my mask on and off during takes, but I'm like, like do it whenever you're comfortable. Like, that's your, your, your right. But also just you feel it out for yourself. If we're if far enough away from people, maybe you want to be able to breathe. You're off in a corner, like 20, 30 feet away. Again, we had a large location. We were fortunate. But like, if you keep going like this, you're going to have to get touched up. And now that's another person putting their hands all over your face. So do you want to, and again, this isn't encouraging no mess. It's just like, it's again, it's, it goes back to the self-policing idea. Just be smart. Mm-hmm. Don't put yourself at risk but, if you don't have to. Don't put others at risk. If you're standing next to somebody and you're like going to be coughing all over mm-hmm. the other, put your mask on. Be smart. Well, some personalities lapse into previous behavior before others do. If that makes sense. Like I've spoke to somebody here in New York who was just like, she was a little freaked out actually about how her set went because everybody was so excited to see each other. Production manager yeah. was walking around telling people to please distance and nobody was listening. And it just becomes a, you know, it just starts. And then if you let one instance go, people just, you know, they get comfortable around each other. That's a bummer to hear just because I was, you know, the one thing about Florida, like, you know, you walk around, listen, you walk on the streets in New York, I feel like you actually see people listening because it's been like banged into our heads for so long. Yeah. Down there, it was just like plenty of folks walking the streets with like, not even, I mean, at least wear, at least wear the mask around your neck, you know, like, like at least, like, at least hang it from your ear. Let's try. (laughs) But like, it was, you know, I mean, apart from when we were on set, I feel like there wasn't really. You know, and like on set, there was no one messing it up. But like, come on. So, and you wonder like, why. We some, call them the five G's. 
Yeah, we <laughs> wonder why these municipalities are like that. So it's a, but I get it to be away from, from set for so long. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, God, this is crazy. You, you can't imagine it. So it's. Mm-hmm. Did you Airbnb it. or were you in a, were you at the Raleigh? I, I was, <laughs> I was in a hotel. I was in a hotel and it had just opened up actually two days prior. Like they were closed. Can you imagine yeah. a hotel closed oh, for wow. like yeah. two months. It's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. And it was like, it was on, you know, it was, it was right in, in, in South Beach and it was quiet to see South Beach like that as well. Like, which yeah. is kind of what listen, it was dreamy. I, I know. I, 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 that's what I wanted. Like, I didn't want anyone in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, no. I'm bummed that they weren't making money, but I was happy. To, yeah, I never saw anyone in the elevator with me. So that was nice. Right. Was there any aspect of this shoot that had your attention the most, the most concern or the most questions about? Was there any one sort of scene or shot or, or scenario that kind of worried you or logistical point? Logistically, I mean, it was more just overall. And I don't want that to come out as a lazy answer because, again, it, when it comes down to the creative, you know, apart from mm-hmm. the, yeah. the talent that was close to each other, which was we cast for, it was for the most part straightforward. It was just okay. more like the idea of like, how is it all going to go? Is it going to be safe? Because listen, the bottom line is, and I, I had, when I called the talent to tell them this, I'm like, listen, we're going to take this very seriously. We're going to put all these, this stuff in place. And in the end, can we guarantee it? No. You, you can go on your way to the airport. You can go and stop at 7-Eleven and grab a yep. coffee and, you can, and the guy could sneeze and, yeah. and there you go. Or, you know, the scripty can be, you know, uh, her kid had a friend or his kid had a friend and, and came over the day before. You don't know, right? So just to be so, completely um, transparent, like the bottom line is until everyone is getting stuck with a vaccination and yes. we all have it, that's, it can't be guaranteed. You cannot guarantee anything because um, you can't control what people do when they're not in your 10 hours worth of time. Yeah. Well, look at Florida. They closed the beaches. Yeah. Yeah. I had to with some billing messed up, you know, with my hotel. How many times does that happen? The hotel messes the billing up. (laughs) That never happens. Or they never have the director's reservation when he checks in at 10 o'clock at night for some reason. I called him yesterday. I'm like, where is this? Come on, this job. We want to close it out. And um, I asked him, like, are you guys seeing any fallout from this? Like, they have had cancellations now. So just right here's an example of business uh, really? not ours, that but it, it's in our industry because we need hotels to to do shoots. But they're taking now a further hit because of the the closure or I don't know what's it called the reclosure of the beaches and any of the businesses where they're starting to tighten up again. Yep. Like that's for us, it's really tough in our industry, right? Because we generally we can't work remotely. Like we have my wife has been fortunate; she's been able to work remotely. There's people you know who have banking jobs and mortgages, what have you, or writers, they, they can work remotely and still make a living. For us, we can't. So when you see people that are messing around and, we, and that haven't taken it seriously and we get to a situation like we're in now where the numbers start to like surge again and you're going to start to see closures, it's a kick in the shorts for us because yeah. we can't work remote. Listen, we've all, okay, we're fortunate to do a couple of Zoom jobs here and there, but yeah, at a certain yeah. point, yeah, like, no. that's old. <laughs> How many can just, uh, exactly. yeah, that is really old. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, can I ask you about the SAG supervisor? I've had multiple SAG <laughs> folks over the years on my sets. And even before, you know, the last job I did in L.A., um, we had one because the agency wasn't signatory. And mm-hmm. so because of that, they now send them out, which I, I love. You know, they're overseeing their talent. Is this a new mandatory thing that's happening? They're just coming out to make sure that all the COVID stuff is happening, right? But they go into your crew count, I'm assuming. So yeah. you have to. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's just it, right? So you have that person come to set. And it's if you were at like 48, now you're at 49. And it's like it's another person, another person that has to be temperature checked yeah. and go through the whole thing. I, you know, I don't know the answer to the question as far as if it's if it's a new thing all the time. I mean, we had 
a call with SAG, with myself and agency and executives and from, from, from the production company. So there was no surprise that they were going to come. And in the end, uh-huh. I, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of happy that they did because they know that there is a world where it can be done properly. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, can you always maintain six feet of distance with actors on camera? Like to say that that's going to happen is unrealistic. And that's something that I yeah. said to them. I'm like, I don't want to just go into this and just sugarcoat it and say that it's going to be like this at all times because we know that it's not the reality. We cast for a couple that's going to be close to each other. That's fine. But this, you're going to get a little interaction. And they, and they understood. And they, they, were, they were understanding with that. Like, okay. And they just, when you're done, go apart. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when you can, it'd be smart. Cause let's, but let's talk about it with our crew. You know, if you're going to have four grips pick up a dolly and, and they're going to put it on the tracks or get up the steps. My last time I checked, my last time I checked, exactly. The dolly's not six foot long. So no. <laughs> even with the, you know, even with the, once you put the, the bars on to lift it up. So it's going to happen. But again, with, right. with your set, be smart. And space back. Man, yeah. That's when the masks come into play. And, you know, yeah. I think what we've learned over this time is is viral load, how much time it takes mm-hmm. to be right. in contact of someone's breath or, or whatever. And you need to get a certain amount of virus particles into your system. You've got to get in close to do something and move something. Do it and then step away. Yep. Keep your mask on. That's about all we can do. Right. Absolutely. Do you have any advice for others out there that maybe have mm-hmm. a job coming up or ready to go back to work? If we're as fortunate, like Christian said, she's spoken with, be it the production company and or the agencies, and, and you can have input. Or yeah. if even the companies can have input or just notes mm-hmm. about what the creative is. And this isn't forever, right? This is until, this is for the, for the foreseeable future. But like, let's not go and write something where we're going to jam, you know, multiple people in there. Because listen, we can all, say we're going to go small crews with a key plus one, but then all of a sudden, if you have just so many people in the creative and you're, doing, you're going to do a big stunt and people are going to be sweating and spewing all over the place, you just need to take that into account. So right. be smart with that. If possible, you know, the location, like I said, that was huge. And we, we could have ended up in a smaller place that would have worked. But yeah, like, but why? Well, that's the thing now, right? And yeah. it's like now a location isn't just about working creatively. Right. It has mm-hmm. to work from a COVID standpoint. Okay. Exactly. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. We have extra holding areas so we can spread out and, you know, out back, we can, we can mm-hmm. put a, we can put a craft service set up. You sure you can, you can break your, at staggered times. You still have two people sitting at a six foot table on either end. You're not going to do the mm-hmm. eight, to, eight to a table like you used to. So there's that. You just need the space for that now. And it's tough for New York, right? So it's going to be tough, unfortunately, in New York mm-hmm. because we're just always so jammed in. And there's the idea of people then reporting to set. Don't, people don't have mm-hmm. vehicles. They need to ride the subway. They need to go into a 15-pass van to get to set. Mass transit. Uh, asking people not to have mass transit. Trying to find crew that have vehicles in New York versus not vehicles, mm. especially if you're filming in New Jersey because the laws look better there than they do in New York. I mean, there's just, there's so much to consider now about choosing your location. Also, too, like, what if your location owner gets sick two days before the shoot and decides not to have anybody there? Absolutely. Happened to us before the shutdown. So they were like, I'm sorry, but with the news looking the way it is, I don't want 45 strangers in my house. And we were like... Mm-hmm. Dropped out the night before the shoot. Right. There's a lot of parameters that if you are able to, like you said, in advance, speak to the creative or at least tell everybody these concerns, client management, you know, that will help you be able to choose at least the right location. (laughs) Yeah. Expectations, right? 
So what I'd like to know is if you could choose anything to change in our industry moving forward. As we're rewriting yeah. the playbook. Because we have this great pause, right? And now we're coming back into it a little bit slower, a little bit more methodical. So is there anything that comes to mind? Well, listen, there was that piece that was put out. I read it and I, I don't remember what it was about. Like, you know, our industry before this wasn't really working. It wasn't right? working. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's yeah. true. That went through like wildfire. Everywhere. We're actually, we're <laughs> going to talk about it on the yeah. show. Well, no, exactly. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm sorry to make a spoiler no, 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 for no, it. But please. listen, it, it's, it's true, right? We all do it, especially in production. You think about, because if we have a 14 hour crew day, what does that mean for production? location should yeah. do that it's a 17 16 at, at 17 mm-hmm. and then the drivers so like it doesn't work and how many camera trucks crashing on the 405 or pas yeah. falling asleep in a 15 pass van on their way back to courier or just any of this stuff it's it just it's it hasn't been smart it's not safe even if it's like oh it's a, you know it's a, think of all the overtime for the people who get the overtime on set i'm certainly no cer- certainly not as management folks but like it's literally blood money, not to mention it gets yeah, eaten up by taxes, money. but what's it all worth? And then, then you're pushing your shoot and you turn into like, you know, you're going into the, to the weekend or next yeah. days, you're, you're fried for your families, you're less productive. Mm-hmm. That's got to stop. And that's had to stop for a long time. And I really hope that with this, it's really going to make that mandatory. And listen, I hope if so. the union wants to impose a, a mandatory length of a shorter length of day and that's it not say oh you do this you're going to owe me an extra pension day if you go over 17 18 hours but like this is it and they do it but if it gets shortened then so be it and then we just have to come back another day or exactly or we have to adjust the creative to accommodate that. <laughs> the days are gone and this is a theme of mine on the show but the days are gone of getting you know Endless amounts of content, you know, that you can cut oh, into yeah. 40,000 spots, you know, for across all boards in a, you know, a 14 hour day. That's just gone. So yeah. what we have to do is manage their expectations going into it, understanding it's going to cost more and they're going to get less. There's going to be a little wild west out there right. for a little bit of well, people willing to do it unsafely. The days are gone, but now all of a sudden we have to protect for 16, 9, 9 by 16 and 1 by 1. For all the social, it's like okay. How do all, how do you get all uh-huh. how do you how do you get all five of the characters in that little one square? No, you don't. Yeah, yeah. and that compromise. <laughs> so it's like you're, you're right, but that's the, that's for the next that's the next time that's we're on together. Next, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> exactly. What are we gonna do, Jay, Jason? Thank you so much for joining us today. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, is there contact information you can mm-hmm. share or a website? Certainly. Yeah, my email. My name Jason Mans at mac dot com. That, that's probably the best way than than cell phone. We'll include it in the show notes too, so oh, everybody can run to you. Great. Yeah. Those emails. No, I listen. I, like I said, I was excited to come on because I, I feel yeah. I was fortunate to be able to do it and to do it, knock on wood, successfully so early in the mm. process. And listen, yeah. I, I hope that I'm I'm fortunate enough to do it again before September because in my head when this started, I was always like, I don't see myself back on set, and, and this was before like September. day one in March. I was yeah. like, yeah. I, I'm like, this is. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, probably May. I'm like, uh-uh, not happening. Like, uh-huh. I see, I see it as like. A, a July, August, September thing. And and all roads lead to, we'll see. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So, you know, um, Jason you is one of the first people we met in 2001, I think. Even though we both uh-huh. started the same year, it took a little bit of time. He was a second ED and I was a coordinator. 
hit it off from there. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. My cousin from Staten Island. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he has a wealth of information. And as fast as he spoke, I think I got it all. But it's all interesting. And I think it goes to show it is all doable. It just is like we've been saying for the past 12 weeks, maybe eight weeks. I don't know. How long has it been? Um, It's been 72 weeks. Time and and the deliverables. (laughs) It's going to be more time and you're going to get less yield on your dollar for these shoots because we have to put safety first in a very new way. Well, he was very thoughtful about it and he had a crew that he trusted. I know I've worked in Miami several times. I'm sure he has too. I'm sure it was a tried and true crew that he worked with. So good on him for doing it properly. So Exactly. Well, thanks to Jason Mans for joining us today. Again, you can reach him at jasonmans at mac.com. This show was edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels. And our music was composed by Kyle Puccia. Thanks for listening, everybody. We are back next week. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, and stay active. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, clean your phone. (laughs) And it's very, very, very important for us to all keep wearing these masks. I promise it'll it'll get us back to work sooner the more we wear them. (laughs) It's more important than ever. Uh Send us your emails or your voice recordings to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Lawrence, how can people reach you if they want you? Two ways. (laughs) LawrenceTLewis.com or for voiceover work, voiceoflawrence.com. Christian, how about you? SisterChristianProduces.com Hi, everybody. See ya.